Yeah, happy to, to be on, and I promise not to use any profanity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. I, we don't usually have people, you know, say that they won't, but it's good that you did. Um, are you on Spotify? Um, yeah, but I normally don't use it that much, but I do I do have a, a Spotify account, yeah. Okay, did, did, did they tell you who your number one artist this year was? Everybody else's is out today. No, I... Yeah, I saw that trending. I haven't, I haven't gone and looked. Okay, and I don't know how accurate it would be because I'm a bit old school. Um, I, I just, I download music to my computer and listen to, to stuff without streaming because sometimes I find myself traveling and moving about, and the connection's not always right. So um, I, I, I'm a bit of a music collector. So I, I, I stream less than the average person. I think. Okay, I, you know, I appreciate knowing that, and I. I think you and I are aligned in that particular area. The, I, I got frustrated when there was no, not enough Neil Young on Spotify, so I've gone a different direction myself. So let's talk a little bit about the first quarter of the season because it is, you know, it, it's 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 all the NHL is so interesting to me because a few days ago I would have said, well, the big story is Boston because, and they still is. They're just screaming fourteen four and three, but they've lost three in a row and. You know, they looked invincible for a long, long time, and now they, they're not quite there, and their defensive structure is a little off. Is this just a reflection of the fact that this is a tough league, they play a lot, and nobody gets out alive? Yeah, and I think it's also a reflection of they set a ridiculously high bar last season in the regular season, and, and that's not really sustainable. Uh, everyone goes through ebbs and flows uh, during the course of the season, and you know, maybe it's catching up uh, with them a little bit. The fact that they, you know, came out of the gate so hot. And, you know, the big theme with Boston was they lost their number one center, Patrice Bergeron, as well as their number two center, David Krejci, who both retired. Um, and they patched it up rather nicely. Um, they're going through a bit of a dip here, but th- the culture is so strong there. Uh, and, like, this culture of winning and everyone buying in, putting the team before the individual that I'm not too worried that they're going to not get back on track. Now, what, what I would say um, last night, I was at the Leafs Panthers game. And even though the Florida Panthers lost two one in a shootout, Florida looks phenomenal. Um, They look fast. They look aggressive. uh, So it wouldn't surprise me if Florida challenges Boston for the Atlantic division crown. Um, Of course, they barely squeaked into the, the playoffs last season and then went all the way to the Stanley Cup final, upsetting Boston on the way. And I just love the way Florida plays. Um, they're they're just so so fast and aggressive that I think they could give Boston a bit of a, a run for their money. But I think this is just a dip, and Boston will have no trouble being a playoff team again. The the the, the hell of a run through Ontario from Florida, Kachuk. I mean, the the last time Ottawa was that upset, a convoy was there. That guy absolutely tore apart that entire team and the crowd. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic game, and it was you know a bit of a throwback game in terms of the number of penalty minutes and the the real hatred you felt between the two teams. And I, I loved it. I, I find with 32 teams in the league now, each one of them playing 82 games, there's moments where the regular season, you, you watch a lot of the games, and sometimes there are no hitters. You know, sometimes they, it feels like a bit of a slog to get through, and guys are, guys are tired, and I understand it. Like, it's a grind. It's a lot of games. So when you see uh, a regular season game where there's actual emotion and it feels like 
playoff-like intensity, um, that the, the, that particular game matters to both teams. I think it just, you know, stirs fan interest. And, and I don't mind a, a little bit of the extracurriculars. And then you toss in the fact that there's the Kachuk brothers who, you know, are basically best friends off the ice. But for 60 minutes, they can set that aside and, and get right in each other's face. I, th- I think it's fantastic. I know that uh, we all accuse Gary of being, you know, uh, pro-American and wanting the big markets to do well, but he must be thrilled that the Rangers have the best winning percentage and L.A. is second uh, right now with 763. That lines up pretty nicely for the National Hockey League moving forward. No, it does. And I, I, think, I think it's a better league when the big markets are relevant. Um, you know, I, I think about Detroit as well, finally being in the playoff picture after years of, of this long, slow rebuild. And I, I think you want your flagship teams to be in the mix and matter. Um, and the Rangers are, are such a complete team. They have, you know, off- offensive dynamos like Artemi Panarin. Uh, and then they have a really mobile, intriguing young decor that mixes skill with physicality. And I'm thinking about Jacob Truba, their captain in that regard. And then they're getting fantastic goaltending performances from Igor Shosturkin, which we fully expected. And then Jonathan Quick, who has been one of the most pleasant surprises of the first quarter of the season, considering many people, myself included, probably thought maybe his career was done. And then he takes a a really cheap one-year deal to be a backup. And you're like, okay, you know, Maybe he's just going to be along for the ride, but he's actually been a difference maker in New York. And the Metropolitan Division in particular is a, a bit softer this season than it normally is. And the Rangers have, have kind of easily been the top of the class. And as for L.A., I, I just love the, the job Rob Blake's done building that franchise. I think he's been really smart in, in terms of building a deep team. They're not top-heavy, they're not relying on just a couple superstars, and then they have this nice blend of youth and guys who have been through the battles and have rings on their fingers already, and Andre Kopitar and Drew Doughty, uh, and that's a very complete team. They roll four lines, they come at you in waves, and they're the best road team in the whole NHL, um, and I think that's because when teams try to play the matchup game against them, they're not successful because they don't they don't care what the matchup is. They just keep coming at you, and, and I in terms of the blueprint of building a roster, I think L.A. is has almost set the standard. They're kind of following in the blueprint of the Vegas Golden Knights who won the Stanley Cup last spring. Yeah, I agree with that. Luke Fox, our guest from Sportsnet. Um, I'm going to go west into the orders in a minute, but I did want to stop in Toronto because I find it an interesting story. Uh, it's It feels like it's upside down. You know, Matthews and Marner are, are, you know, they're being split up and Nylander is just fire. And then on the other side of it, you know... I was I won, I pondered the idea of signing Reeves and others just because you always get a little bit sticky wick at some point in the season, and it's easy to be critical of this team in terms of their defensive issues. But they they got like three of the six I think opening night are hurt. That's a lot for any team. Yeah, I, I, you're exactly right. I don't I don't know many teams that could you'd subtract that many regular defensive defensemen and they could still hang in there. Uh, and, and it's a big topic of conversation in the city I live in right now. The fact that Mark Giordano, who, you know, is probably playing above his head anyway, in a perfect world, he's a third pairing guy, but he was on the second pairing and has been um, since the injury bug bit, bit this team. But he goes down with a hand injury last night and he's not going to play 
tomorrow against his old team, the Kraken, and it's a question mark if he's going to be a, when he's going to be available at all. And you factor in that John Klingberg, their their big off um, off season signing for the blue line at over four million bucks, uh, his very you know future as an NHLer is in question because he has this nagging hip injury and he's seeing a specialist and he's debating whether to go for season-ending surgery. And then thirdly is is Timothy Lilligren, who has a high ankle sprain, and he isn't coming coming back anytime soon. So Brad Treliving, um, the first-time GM here, is under the gun. Um, you know, there's pressure on him to make a trade because right now they have guys who would slot in as their seventh, eighth, ninth defenseman who are going to suddenly be called upon to play big minutes and this team is having a heck of a time trying to break out of its own zone. They just don't have the talent back there. Um, and this is this is the risk you run when you spend so much of your cap dollars on forwards. Um, all, all their money is kind of tied up in dynamic offensive players. And now the injuries hit and the blue line's getting exposed a little bit. So it's going to be fascinating to see how he, how he handles it and if he rushes a trade or not. Well, I'm just happy William Lagesson's back in the league. That's the important thing uh, for me. Uh, so I, I want your, you know, I've been writing about the Oilers daily since 2003. And you can send your cards and letters of sympathy, but I have. And I, I've... I don't recall a team that was expected by many to go deep and maybe even win the Stanley to be so atrocious early. And it feels like they put it back together, but there was the preseason that looked great. Then there were some injury issues. Then it got bad and then it got really bad. And then they fire the coach and now the hope springs eternal. But you just wonder because this team is absolutely. Uh, a wonder that their, their their possible results game by game are so large. I just wonder about this club. Yeah, no, I, honestly, I think it, the Oilers have been the biggest story of the first quarter of the season. I, I you know, you think about Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl and their determination and how they felt like they were so close to upsetting the Golden Knights in the playoffs. And I think there was a real sense on that that core. Had they have won that series, they probably would have won the Stanley Cup. Um, and I think they they kind of nod on that all summer. And you know, people on the outside kind of saw that too. And, and they were kind of picked picked as the one of the favorites. And you know, you wonder if they they were reading a bit of their own headlines. Um, certainly, goaltending absolutely it plays a major factor in here. But but team defense does too. Um, so you know. Th- they're just so good. There's so much talent, and it's not just those two guys. Like I'm a big fan of, of Zach Hyman. I think when Evander Kane's on his game, he's he's excellent. Um, you know, Matthias Ekholm. I thought that was a really savvy addition midway through last season. Not just to bring him in as a rental, but a guy with a little bit of term left and some experience that could add to the group. So I, I really like the, their mix of skaters. Um, you know, like any team that spends big on, on a few guys, the depth tails off but if they could get some saves um, and if they can get some momentum which seems to be happening now I believe it's three wins in a row and Connor's on, on a run where he's had I think three straight games with with minimum three points um, they're one of those teams that can climb up the standings and you know Vegas is at the top of that division um, LA it looks like a monster as well we talked about them 
But I think there's some teams that the Oilers could slowly leapfrog here. Um, usually you count a team out that has dug themselves into this big of a hole by, you know, end of November. American Thanksgiving is, is kind of the, the focal point. But the talent is so so rich there. Um, and once McDavid gets rolling, and he seems to be, I'm not willing to rule them out of clawing their way back in the playoffs. Connor Bedard, surprised, uh, good or bad, or just, you know, he's doing what he's supposed to? He's doing what he's supposed to. I, I think as advertised. Uh, I mean, the only surprise to me is how things have kind of crumbled around him in terms of Kyle Davidson, the, their young GM there, specifically going out and, and bringing in veteran guys, uh, character guys to, to help him build around. And, and poor Taylor Hall, season's already over, spent a bunch of money on him. Um, it's overdue to injury. And then the Corey Perry a fiasco that you know has dominated headlines the last whatever 48 hours or so he's out of the picture now and and basically that you got Nick Foligno there is is kind of one of the only guys you know maybe throwing Tyler Johnson um you know who who had some deep runs with the Tampa Bay Lightning in terms of veterans this guy can lean on but that roster is so picked over so I think the only surprise is is kind of how things have crumbled around him but I, I'm not surprised that he looks phenomenal. He's putting up points. I think by all accounts, he's still the Calder favorite. It's just that team isn't ready to compete yet, and, and that's evident when you look and, and they're at the bottom of their division. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, the Corey Perry thing is interesting. I'm getting a lot of people who are texting me and saying, if reporters know it, why don't they report it? And yeah. what, what I've tried to say is, you know, there are reasons why, you know, there are legal reasons why you might, might not report something, but there are also reasons why you would probably wait to either flesh it out, get confirmation. It's a process to report on a story like this. And even though it's sort of been, you know, the 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 fan base and the, the, the online community has chased it away. You've got to be really careful with this story. You're 100% right. And, and, like, I've heard things, too, like rumors or tips from people I trust, but nothing I would ever feel 100% sure of. Uh, yes. And so you can't, you, can't, you can't report those things. Like, that, that's part of uh, what you learn in J school, right? Like, mm-hmm. you need a second source. You need to be uh, firm on it, especially when – when something's you know so so touchy such as the the subject and and I don't know if we're all we're ever going to get the details I mean that was a very cryptic press conference that that Davidson um, gave yesterday evening um, and uh, you know I, I I left listening to it with more questions than I had answers but I do find it interesting that he stressed that it was a workplace matter and right now it's it's not a legal matter. Uh, matter at all there's it's not like charges are being laid but what what a kind of fascinating development for a guy that i think a lot of people had pegged as as you know potential future hall of famer a guy who won a heart trophy and and a cup and always seemed to be relevant come playoff time and and the sole purpose of signing him uh for four million dollars was just quite a bit um to a team that's rebuilding was to be this this character mentor like figure for, for Bedard. Like that was the whole point. Mm-hmm. And it was very telling that Davidson said, you know, uh, all our, our research on him, um, I guess w- w- didn't reveal something that we found out in season. And uh, he, he was very emotional. The GM was in speaking about how things had, had kind of fallen apart and, and Perry drifted off. And, and I guess what I'm most curious uh, about is where this goes from here. If, 
Perry files a grievance because he's lost some salary in this, or if he just accepts his punishment as this is something he deserves, or if he somehow speaks up and, and we hear his side of this story. It's an amazing story, and it's brewing, and we'll find out maybe eventually. Luke Fox, thank you.